Hello and welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. It is Giving Tuesday, and uh, I've done this in the past, but not maybe to the extent we're doing it today. I've highlighted organizations that I think are worth your dollars. And I don't say that lightly. I, I think many of us have lost faith in our institutions. Um, we don't trust sometimes even our churches in some cases, which is very sad. And that obviously, if you don't trust your church, you probably need to find a church you do trust. But um, I, since 2020, especially the institutions that have failed us have not regained our trust in most cases. And, and a lot of evangelicals, uh, conservatives are looking to put their money towards organizations that are actually going to do what they say they're going to do with it. Um, and, and that's part of the problem is you give to an organization, you later on find out they're wasting it or they're using it to uh, contradict the very things you believe that are foundational and you don't want to give to them anymore. And so um, my goal with this is to actually help you. And, and I know for some of you, you may th this may not be appealing to you because it, it sounds like one long advertisement, but, I, but I, I hope you'll stick around because I have four different people from four different organizations that are going to talk a little bit about what they're doing and what they would like to do if they had the funds to do it. Uh, we have Paul Gottfried from Chronicles Magazine. We have Josh Abitoy from American Reformer, my brother David Harris from TruthScript, and we also have Judd Saul from Equipping the Persecuted, all representing 501c3s and all looking to make a difference, a positive difference. Uh, and they're all, if, if, if people in the audience care about this, vetted by me. So um, it, it takes a lot to build trust with me so that I am supportive and positive about something because I've been, let's just say it's, it's been one too many times I've uh, been told something and to, only to find out it's not exactly true. And um, so it takes a while to build that trust. But these are organizations that I have trust built up with, whether that's through personal relationships and uh, knowing these people, knowing their character, knowing their, uh, their heart or uh, whether it's a combination of that and just seeing these organizations take hard stands, take risks, uh, willing to even uh, do things that make them not so popular because they care about the truth. That's what I think you care about. That's what I care about. And so um, so as we go through these different organizations, I hope you'll listen and consider uh, maybe contributing or in some cases, uh, like in Chronicles, subscribing uh, or helping in some way. I know TruthScript could always use volunteers and, and people who, to write for them and that kind of thing. So um, these are just some great organizations. Um, before I get to that, though, I just want to share with you briefly. This is uh, a sponsor for this month for the podcast, MudHenMama.com, MudHenMama.com. And they have uh, a number of books. Speaking of curating lists and making sure that organizations are vetted, these are books that have been vetted by a homeschool mom who decided that these publishers the major publishers out there have a lot of bad books, but they have some good books. And rather than just going to a, a publisher and trying to wade through all the junk, if you just go to mudheadmama.com, you can find books that don't have social justice stuff in them that are that are good, that are uh, profitable. You can uh, check out uh, grade levels if you want. If you want books for your fifth grader or your first grader, they have those uh, there. Use the promo code Harris and you'll get 10% off your order. Promo code Harris. Uh, and you'll get 10% off your order. Um, and again, it's mudheadmama.com. There's a picture of uh, the homeschool family there who uh, runs the the website. So this is, a, this is a family business. These are these are people who are, they're like you and me. They believe in Christianity and in uh, this country. And uh, it's not a, a corporate board that's, um, you know, controlling what kinds of books are uh, shown here. So, I mean, you can even go on the front page. It says great gifts for your first through third grader, great gifts for your second through fourth grader. So all the reading levels are already uh, there. So check it out. 
Um, oh, that's a book I read when I was a kid. Great Life in the Great. I, I didn't expect to see that. Life in the Great Ice Age. That's a, that's a, I guess an older book, but I, I remember as a kid that was. Uh, I mean, I'm having a flashback myself right now. Okay, uh, use the promo code Harris get 10% off uh, your order. So, um, let's talk about some of these organizations. I'm going to start with uh, TruthScript, which uh, you know is an organization near and dear to my heart, and um, and this is an organization that from I, I've seen this from the ground floor building up, and it's exciting to see what's happening. We haven't paid for any advertising. Uh, yet. And uh, there's already a lot of interest being generated. So uh, here's my brother, David Harris from TruthScript. Howdy. How's everybody doing? So tell us a little bit about what's going on this year. TruthScript started what in the spring, I think, or maybe late, late winter last year or this, this year, I should say. Well, we've, we've, we've been talking about it for a little bit over a year. It became a reality in April. That's when we filed the, um, the 501c3 paperwork. And then in May, it was, uh, it was officially a nonprofit. So we've been operating, uh, since then we really didn't start, uh, we didn't launch the website till June. So we're going on roughly six months that we've been uh, going. And in that time, um, there's, you know, God's done a lot of really cool things. And, um, I think there's a, a there's a lot of things that are going to happen in the future too. And uh, we've been, we've been really blessed. What are the top uh, articles? Cause I know that's what one of the things true script has done for the primary thing is probably put out these articles that are similar to like gospel coalition type style, but obviously from a more uh, orthodox and conservative standpoint, uh, what, what are like, give us a sampling to people. What kinds of articles have uh, gone out there that are popular? Yeah. The most popular articles have been from Rosaria Butterfield uh, which was over, I think that was back in July and she kind of went into her testimony and then talked about, um, sort of her re rescinding on, uh, the use of pronouns and, and other things, uh, with her sort of her, um, her more, her right wing slide, I guess, in a way, I don't know if she'd want me to put it that way, but, um, it was a great article. So that's, that has been our top performing article. Uh, one of our directors, Danny Steinmeier, he wrote an article about, uh, called um, expository preaching doesn't necessarily mean good preaching. And this was a really, really great article, very timely, where he sort of uh, went over how a lot of conservative churches will sort of stand behind exegetical, exe like doing exegesis and like expositional preaching as a way of not having to deal with pressing issues of our day or even pressing issues within their churches, because you can sort of say like, well, you know, we're not going to address that because I, I'm in Romans and we got to do the next verse. So um, he makes some really good points and gives a really good challenge uh, to pastors. Um, we also had, I wrote an article about the Duggar um, Amazon show, Shiny Happy People. And that, that's been pretty uh, well-received, well-received by some, very much not well-received by others. But we did get contacted from even some of the people on that show that had been interviewed and they gave us some support and, and agreed with uh, what we put out. Um, so th those are a few uh, we've had. Uh, we had a guy from a pastor from Northern Ireland uh, write for us, and he wrote about um, uh, immigration and sort of explained that um, throwing your border open is not necessarily a loving thing. That's not necessarily the Christian perspective and went over biblical principles of uh, nations and borders and things like that. So that's sort of a smattering, a sampling of, of different uh, articles that we've had over the last six months or so. And I know I, I sent you because Mark Coppinger had sent me an article on aesthetics, uh, beauty, I think, and uh, it, was, it was aesthetics, right? Music, aesthetics music, and music. music. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, and, and so he's, I mean, he's a heavy hitter. He's a former professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And so, I mean, we have some people from across the spectrum, people from, um, who, who are in institutions in evangelicalism or have been, uh, and then also people who are just laymen who, uh, are good writers and have something to say, and they're not going to be platformed likely in other places. Um, but they need to be. And that, I think that's part of the intention behind TruthScript is to uh, put out articles that are necessary or, or timely that uh, other outlets may not may not want to put out, maybe because of the political backlash or because it doesn't match uh, the winsome kind of um, uh, flavor that they're going for. But TruthScript is that website that's hard hitting, that's, uh, you know, and, and I compared it to the Gospel Coalition. And of course, both are known for articles, but I know there's more than just articles that uh, that you've done and that you want to do. So talk to us a little bit about that, maybe plans for next year and the years ahead and how people can be involved. Sure. So, um, I mean, as to the articles, uh, one thing that hopefully we'll be launching uh, either this week or next week is we'll have sort of a podcast form of the articles. So, um, you know, speaking for myself, I spend a lot of time in the car during my day job. So, uh, it's, it's hard for me. And I know a lot of other people to sit down and physically read a blog. Um, I don't even have a lot of time really. I don't look at my phone much during my work day. Uh, but if the, if a blog is an audio form, I'm much more likely to actually consume it to actually, um, you know, to get what's, what's being written. So what we're going to do is, uh, start putting the, um, articles in audio form and putting that on the podcast so that, um, people can stream them as well and, um, and, uh, get the good stuff that's, that's coming out. Um, we've had a couple, we had a men's retreat back in September. So we're also trying to sort of, um, do some organizing when it comes to events. So we found, uh, that, and you put the retreat together, so you know this and you put some of the other <laughs> conferences together. Uh, but we've had people in various parts of the country, Idaho, uh, Wisconsin, um, hopefully we'll do something in Tennessee. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, hunger for people to, um, kind of get together around this statement of faith. Uh, we're, we're evangelical unapologetically, but we're conservative and we're seeking to, um, apply God's word to everyday life and to society, uh, in, in a way that's consistent with the truth of the Bible. So, um, so having events, having conferences, uh, places where people can mingle. And then that also goes to um, just sort of the the general like networking uh, so that as our economy sort of descends into uh, madness, uh, we are taking care of each other. Uh, Christians are looking out for other Christians uh, and not just um, not just because they, you know, not just because they are Christians, but also because maybe they have stands that have not been, um, you know, popular with their jobs or the states that they live in, you know, uh, or they were fired for not getting a vaccine or something like that. Uh, so we're looking also to create a job board that should be live within the next few weeks uh, that uh, people can post and um, uh, um, and look for uh, jobs that probably more orientated towards ministry, but um, that there are opportunities for, for people in that way. So conferences, um, uh, job board. And then uh, I think we're going to be working on a church finder too uh, in the near future. Yeah, I think that's actually almost done. There's there's some programmers working on that, um, but we'll need people to sign up once that, that is live. Um, 
you know, one of the things I was just thinking about uh, when you when you were talking is that um, there are a whole lot of people out there, it seems to me, that they, they want something. Like if, if you think about like American Reformer, which, you know, they're doing work that's not being done in more intellectual circles and in higher levels of institutions, um, they're, they're, they're not tackling so much like the layman level, which is, I think that's where truth script comes in. Uh, there's a lot of people and probably the lion's share in, in Christianity and evangelicalism who are hungering for good material that will inspire them, encourage them in their daily lives. Uh, that is primarily positive, um, accessible tackles, the relevant issues of the day that they're having to navigate. Um, but isn't, isn't Christianity today, isn't the gospel coalition, isn't relevant magazine. Um, and, and all we seem to have on our side, if you want to call it side, and I'm saying side is in like the more orthodox, uh, conservative wing of evangelicalism is discernment blogs and then like exegetical or, or like preaching ministries. So, I mean, you, you do have your G3s, you do have your, your grace to use, you do have your founders, you do have your, uh, protestias and your, in uh, dissenter and, and capstone report and like, all these things, but none of them are actually doing though, what like gospel coalition or Christianity Today are doing on the left. <laughs> right. And that's where true script I think comes in is it, it fills that, um, empty place that's been there for so many years. And, uh, and, and it seems like things are growing. I mean, do you see more traffic and more people becoming interested, signing up for the email list, et cetera? Yeah, we have a steady stream of, of, of email signups. Um, you know, how many views an article gets depends on the article. Obviously, more controversial topics will probably get more uh, hits, but um, also just articles that are that are really relevant to where people are. And you're, what you're saying about laymen, I mean, that is a big part of the mission. There's people who have written for TruthScript that, you know, maybe never would have thought to, you know, nobody's ever going to read what I have to to write, you know, but we have editors, you know, um, we, we, even if it's not perfect, we've, you know, we can, we can make things, you know, sometimes just with a little bit of tweaking. Uh, and we've also just had people send in stuff and they're excellent writers. They just, nobody knows who they are. So it's a, you know, it's sort of a, an opportunity to allow God to use their abilities to, to a wider audience. Um, but then just in general, you know, we live in, we live in tough times in a lot of ways. And, Christianity Today, the Gospel Coalition, I mean, the Gospel Coalition was posting articles about Taylor Swift a couple of weeks ago and like the gospel elements and from Taylor Swift's tour. What Maybe that connects to somebody somewhere, but I, I you know, as a, as a, an average father, husband, working man, that doesn't do anything for me. That does, that doesn't help me where I'm at. I'm dealing with things like you know, how are we going to afford uh, to pay this bill? And how are, uh, you know, um, how should I be disciplining my child? And how do I, um, you know, how do I model a godly, uh, like leadership role for my wife? And and how do I make sure that our relationship is, is honoring to God? Um, those are the kind of things that are on my mind. And I think a lot of other, uh, a lot of other Christians who are tired of getting just fluff. And if it's not fluff, then it's usually from coming from the left. You know, and we're not on the left, so we we need to be uh, we need to be served where we are, um, and trying to apply God's principles that He's laid out in the Scripture, um, and uh, and make those things accessible um, 
you know, oftentimes in bite-sized chunks to your your normal Christian, your normal pew-sitting Christian who doesn't have the time to go to seminary and, and get a degree, uh, but needs to, it just desires to live their life um, in a way that's honoring to God. Yeah. And you are, I mean, you're not afraid to dabble in some politics. I think there's a, a series coming, right, on the pros and cons of voting for Trump or voting for another candidate or voting third party. Yeah, and let me say something about that. So I, I, um, I put something up about that. But if anybody <laughs> wants to uh, write a um, uh, a an article making a case for voting right now, for, we already have one voting for a third party constitution party. But if you want to make a case for voting for DeSantis or Trump, I'm not going to guarantee you that your article is going to get run because maybe we'll get we'll probably get several. But go ahead and submit an article if you if you'd like. Um, and you can make a case. So this is something that I mean, we're not going to do an article <laughs> on why you should vote for um for a Democrat, probably, but uh, unless it's like a, you know, well, we're just trying to hasten the collapse of everything so that we can rebuild from the ashes. I think that's totally valid at this point. But, um, you know, right now, uh, most conservative Christians are going to be um, assessing who do who do they vote for in the primary. Um, so, you know, we'll 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 tackle that. We'll examine that, and uh, we'll have some Christians make a case and we'll do so charitably and treat each other as brothers and not as enemies because we don't line up 100% on every political. Um, see, see, that's something though, that's been missing, I think, uh, from the online discourse in Christian Twitter, if you will. And in uh, many of these ministries, um, and even, even gospel coalition is not going to probably run pieces like that, uh, leading up though. They will run, I'm sure pieces leading up to the election, but it's, it's going to um, either be vague or general so it doesn't offend anyone or it's going to be uh, and I'm not just speaking for them, but like other outlets um, as well. Like like they tend to either shy away from that stuff, do it very generally and vague um, or they, they they pick a position and they're like, we this is our position. Like, you know, and usually the position is like we just stay out of politics, you know, <laughs> like both these parties are evil or. Or we're just no we're just Republican and that's it. I don't know what I, I'm trying to even think of though a Christian outlet at this point that would even um, even say that. I mean, there's definitely some political like uh, groups on the religious right, but it's usually a reiteration of George Bush's compassionate conservatism, just sort of repackaged yeah. over and over and over. Which again. which we're also nauseated. It's the the younger people in both conservatism and evangelicalism are just not listening to that stuff anymore, and they don't buy it and. I think you know, Truth Script has an opportunity here, like to be more of a fresh, um, kind of uh, a more uh, fresh may not even be the word, a um, practical take on the world as it is currently, not the world as it was in 1985, yeah. But right now, uh, and we're in the collapse of Western Civ. So, what do you do? How should you live during the collapse of an empire? If you were at the last stage of the Roman Empire, what would you do? And that's a good point so, too. I mean, we're we're looking to sort of publish more about. Um, what is and not what should be. We know what should be. What should be is, you know, the, um, the I, I mean, the return of Christ, the, the the setting of all things right. That is what should be, and that is what will be. But it it's not what is right now. And God has specific, you know, tasks and responsibilities imparted to His people, um, even in the times that we're we're in now. Which is something I have to remind myself of because I don't. <laughs> I don't always love being alive in 2023. I, I, I love history and there's other, other periods that I wish I was in, but um, you know, if God is sovereign, then he's appointed uh, this particular time for me to be alive. And for all of us who, 
who know him and love him and are called according to his purpose. Uh, and so we're looking to equip people as they are now in the real situations they're in so that they can obviously promote the gospel, uh, but also uh, promote the the biblical view of um you know, of family, of, of, of government, of society, of culture and, um, and practical ways that you can, you can, uh, live that out today. Things that you can do with your family, yeah. things that you can do in your church. You know, to quote Gandalf, all, uh, all we can do, uh, I'm probably botching the quote when he says to Frodo, right. Uh, we, we can only, um, choose to do the right thing with the, with what we're given the time that we're given and we can't choose what time to be in. So um, ripped out of the first book and planted in the third movie. Is it? Is yes, it it's in. It's movie? in the beginning. It's actually when he first gets the ring. That that's where that quote comes from. But they they put it um way later. I, I think. I think. No, I think it's in the first movie. Is it I in think, the first? I think. I think oh, maybe I think I'm mixing up with when he talks to Pippin about like <laughs> after after he after what happens after death, but. Okay. You know, well, we haven't published anything about Tolkien, and we know probably a good, you know, we can have a debate on whether Tolkien was, uh, he's Catholic, right? So whether he was know, actually saved. Doug, you know, Doug Wilson says he, he made it in and uh, he was saved. I, I'm pretty sure he says that. So, yeah. And, and, and I know there's some people whose minds just like exploded with me just saying that. Um, <laughs> Both, both of the words, Doug Wilson and the words, uh, a Catholic uh, made it in. I'm not saying he did, by the way. I, I, I have or that he didn't or that he I, I don't know him well enough I just know Lord of the Rings uh, clearly Wilson not well or enough Gandalf or, or Tolkien <laughs> oh this has gone off the rails all the right well about whether Gandalf made it into heaven no Gandalf made it into something I was he he became a white wizard so that that happened somewhere I just don't I don't know where that was but um all right we're just kidding don't don't worry people <laughs> qualifier uh, just yeah. joking people None were just about to contribute to truth, truth script and then they decided not to forward your hate mail to info at truthscript.com yeah well that's what i was going to say truthscript.com is the website uh for such a time as this the the motto um or the 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 verse uh is uh romans uh chapter 12 verse 1 be not conformed to the world but transformed by the ruining of your mind you can go to truthscript.com to find out more. You can scroll down to the bottom if you want to donate. Uh, it's a 501c3. You can also uh, contribute uh, by scrolling down to the bottom. There's a tab for that, and um, and we'd appreciate it. So, uh, David, thank you for stopping by. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, the next organization I want to talk about is Chronicles Magazine. Chronicles Magazine is one of my favorite magazines. It's the only magazine I subscribe to, and I had the privilege of interviewing Paul Godfried uh, for uh, the Conversations That Matter podcast. Here's our interview. Uh, Dr. Godfried, thank you for coming on. How are you doing? Uh, except for my Bell's palsy, <laughs> which leaves one side of my face numb. <laughs> I'm doing quite well, thank you. Yeah, well, please, everyone pray for Dr. Godfried because that's no fun. Um, I, I'm thankful that you can at least communicate and we can talk about Chronicles a little bit because it is Giving Tuesday. And uh, Chronicles, I, I tell people when they ask, not many people ask, but when people do ask, do you get any magazines, John? Um, magazines, I guess, a little bit of a thing of the past, but there is one print magazine that I really look forward to and I enjoy getting, and that's Chronicles. I have a copy of it right here. This is the latest issue. And, um, and it's the best political analysis cultural political analysis that I know of uh, 
you know, of course, you know, I'll try to get updates and stuff uh, mm -hmm. from like, the Epoch Times or another outlet for for quick things that are happening. But as far as understanding current events, Chronicles is my go to. And so I just want to encourage people uh, to subscribe to Chronicles. Um, and I think you have a digital edition as well. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yes, we do. Yeah. So, um, so so tell us a little bit about Chronicles. I know you're one of the, like the founding fathers of mm -hmm. uh, not just Chronicles, but paleoconservatism, which is really the, the point of view or points of view that the magazine advocates. Um, what are you intending to do with the magazine? What kinds of things have been accomplished through the influence of the magazine and what kinds of things then in the future do you want to do? Well, um, given my advanced age, uh, probably somebody else will have to take over the reins uh, eventually, <clears throat> but I, I think one could say that Chronicles has been moving more or less in the same direction and presenting the same and, and examining the same issues for the last 45 years. Um, we are really an independent magazine of the intellectual right. Um, we are entirely independent uh, in terms of what we say. Um, we would agree with your listeners that we, you know, we, we support biblical morality, we are critical of gay marriage, uh, defend traditional gender roles, uh, all these other things. Uh, and in that respect, we are unchanging. But we are willing uh, to examine all kinds of uh, positions that the conservative movement takes from a very critical perspective. For instance, one of the, the arguments that I make, and I make all the time, and some of our other contributors do, is that uh, for, wokeness is not Marxism. It's much more pernicious than Marxism. Um, it, it, it is not a socioeconomic uh, critique of capitalism or anything like that. In fact, it is led by woke consumer, by, by woke corporate capitalists. This is one of the great dangers of it, that it emerges with capitalism. Uh, to, to destroy traditional Judeo-Christian morality and the constitutional principles on which this country was based. But we dare say this because, uh, you know, we're not part of the Murdoch media empire. Uh, we don't get onto Fox News ever. Um, and, you know, we, we go our own way uh, on, on most issues. And we're open to other points of view. Uh, I can't say I'm entirely open to other points of view. I... Uh, admit to loathing anything woke. Um, I think it is evil and perverse. But you know, on, on, on academic political issues, we are we are open to a wide variety of views, and we value our independence. And we've been isolated because of our independence for decades. Uh, we we just do not fit into the conservative establishment, and they'd be delighted if we disappear tomorrow. Therefore, we are entirely dependent on the goodwill of our readers and donors, and we have a very small base of them. And some of, and we have to every now and then we look for new donors because the other ones die, uh, and uh, we uh, uh, we need new benefactors in order to keep the publication going. Um, and <clears throat> we are right now in the process of rebuilding the magazine. At one time, we had. Uh, a readership comparable to that of National Review, go back into the 1990s. Uh, we have been losing readers because the conservative movement has sort of given us the uh, uh, the cold shoulder, and it is very hard to maintain our, our independent uh, status. Now, we say we are paleoconservative, even that term, you know, if you read our uh, anthology on the 
paleoconservatism, you'd find out that it embraces uh, a really wide variety of positions and persuasions. And, uh, you know, we have people who are uh, traditional Christian conservatives. We have people who are on the populist camp. I think, I think among the younger generation, we have moved very much toward the populist right. Uh, although um, we're not all uh, uh, we're not all backers of uh, Trump. Some of us, like myself, uh, are strong DeSantis supporters. Uh, so uh, you know there is there is independence. We do not. If if you read our magazine on the Russian Ukrainian war, you probably find ten different positions there. Uh, we are not being paid off by anybody. Uh, we are open to uh, dissenting views. And the, the, the same thing is true even in our uh, uh, even in our approach to the Israeli-Hamas war. That uh, uh, although I think most of us side with the Israelis, uh, I think we all do to some extent. Um, the, the Palestinian issue is much more complicated than one would gather from watching Fox News, which presents the same view 24/7. Um, so, in, in order to maintain this independent voice on the right. Uh, we are very much dependent upon the goodwill of donors, and we're trying now to increase our donor base uh, as well as our list of subscribers. Um, Dr. Gottfried, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my assessment reading Chronicles. The thing that binds the uh, people who write in Chronicles together is shared loves more than anything else. So you have dissent among the way we should approach policy issues but the people who contribute all love this country. They love mm -hmm. the, the things that I think we all share in common that truly matter. Um, traditional marriage, the, the institutions, mm -hmm. as we say. Um, and, and that's something that I don't find in other conservative publications where mm -hmm. it seems like it's more about political victory or uh, trying to outsmart the left in some clever way where uh, we're going to adopt some of their positions or look the way that they look in order to defeat them. Um, one of the things that I was impressed with initially, my introduction to Chronicles was I was at an Abbeville event, which I know you and I met at an Abbeville event uh, earlier this mm -hmm. year. And I met uh, Aaron Wolf, who has since passed on, mm -hmm. but uh, he, he held up a, a copy of Chronicles. He, he was, I think he was the editor in chief or uh, he, he had a position he, he was there. sort of the, the associate editor, but in effect associate. he ran the magazine. He and his wife ran the magazine okay. for years. Well, he, he had given a speech on Robert E. Lee and defending mm -hmm. the monuments. And I just thought this is remarkable because mm -hmm. the Daily Wire, the Blaze, Fox News, you know, all these conservative ink, they, they had no interest in defending any of mm -hmm. that. Um, and this, I've seen the same thing now with gay marriage. They, they don't have any interest in, in they're just willing to concede that. And Chronicles has been consistent. They haven't budged on these issues, which I think is appealing to conservative Christians out there who... Mm -hmm. They haven't budged on these issues mm -hmm. and they're some of them are subscribing to Daily Wire thinking that this is going to to do something. And, and so I would just ask you, what can someone expect if they've uh, they want to see political victory? They uh, maybe they have been subscribed to Daily Wire or they're watching Fox News or something. What can they expect different from Chronicles when they um, get a Chronicles magazine or go online and read it in a digital form? Well, let, let, let me express my own view here. I think. The way the conservatism incorporated has given in to pulling down Confederate statues, to treating gay marriage as some kind of sacred Christian institution is utterly contemptible. These are contemptible positions. And I keep saying, 
uh, growing up in the 1950s and 1960s, I could not imagine a communist taking more radical social positions than the conservative movement is doing right now. They are shameless. Uh, I picked up the, uh, the New York Post about a, a week ago, and there was an article by someone named Chadwick Moore, who's a gay conservative, there's lots and lots of them. Um, and uh, he was explaining that the real battle now is between the gay community and, and the, the transgenders and the conservatives are with the gay. I mean, if it comes to that, um, I don't care which side wins. Everything <laughs> is yeah. lost. And these people are shameless on, on, the, on these moral social issues. Um, and uh, I, by the way, I, I am surprised that the Blaze and Daily Wire supported the removal of Confederate statues. I mean, I know National Review does, but I wouldn't expect anything more from them. Um, they didn't in 2015, though. I, I don't think. I mean, David French yeah, even okay. wrote an article defending the flag, right. and yeah. you know, but they shift as the <laughs> culture, or, or as the the left right. shifts, they shift with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this, because uh, Elon Musk, as we all know, big time supporter of my podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not really, but if if we uh, do happen to have some donors out there who are thinking about um, organizations to give to, and let's say someone did give you a couple million dollars, what, what mm-hmm. kinds of things would you want to see done? I mean, would you start a news channel? Would you, what would Chronicles Magazine do? Yeah, survival. You know, the, the German poet Rilke had some famous statement uh, in German, das war, das war sprich nicht von Siegen, das war uh, überstehen, das war alles, that don't speak of victory, just survival is everything. And that is exactly our position right now. We need to survive. We need to find more young subscribers uh, and we have to rebuild. Uh, We are, as I said, a unique, and I know that word unique is obvious, we are a unique publication on the right. If Chronicles falls, there'll be no one to replace us. Um, And I think your evangelical listeners uh, might take that into account when they're deciding to which magazines they would like to give their donations. Um, And, uh, you know, if Elon Musk gave us money, it would simply be, it, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even do us added we wouldn't take added salaries we would ju- we would just try to build up the magazine rebuild the magazine to where it was in the 1990s when it was a major force in the conservative movement yeah that, that needs to return and i think um yeah I, I do see some movement among young people i know uh, cj angle who i've had on the podcast right. a few times mm-hmm. he runs your uh, podcast so there's right. a chronicles magazine podcast you can subscribe to Stephen Wolf uh, wrote uh, an article in, a, I know, a magazine that you have there on um, right. on uh, yes, religion. Okay. and Yeah, you want to show it? Yeah. There you go. Yep. So Stephen Wolf wrote an article. Um, and and that, it's been a place where people who are even like Stephen, quote unquote, Christian nationalists can get a fair hearing, which they can't really anywhere else, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the mainstream. Um, so yeah, I'm very supportive of Chronicles. I hope that you'll be supportive of Chronicles. Where can people, uh, go to, uh, subscribe and also give to the, um, effort? Well, the first place you might, might study is go on Chronicles magazine org. Uh, it's online and you can donate, uh, uh, there you can also subscribe. Uh, so that, that would be probably the fastest way to do it. Uh, you, you could also send me a message or send a message to our publisher, Robert Roach. I mean, I, either is going to work. 
But perhaps the easiest way to do it is simply to go online uh, and, and look up chroniclesmagazine.org. Okay, and um, one last So I, I know the Charlemagne Institute is what I think they run Chronicles, right? That it's under, Chronicles is under the Charlemagne yeah. Institute. Right, right. The Charlemagne Institute took it over from the Rockford Institute, which sort of became merged with the Charlemagne Institute uh, several years ago, before I actually came on board as editor-in-chief. So, and, and that is a 501c3? Yes, absolutely. It is, okay. Mm -hmm. so, so if you give to the Charlemagne Institute, that helps Chronicles, and that's a 501c3 as well. Right. So, all right. Well, um, no, that's good. Uh, so people can go look up the Charlemagne Institute or just go to chroniclesmagazine.org uh, mm -hmm. and check it out and subscribe. Um, there's also uh, a search engine there. You can go back to old uh, editions of the magazine if mm -hmm. you want to look up a particular subject. Right. And um, anyway, I appreciate all the work you're doing. Dr. Godfrey, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, here's uh, another interview. This is with Josh Abatoy. If you're someone who likes Chronicles Magazine and you're an evangelical, you'll also like American Reformer. Uh, Josh and I had the privilege of speaking uh, yesterday, and here's our conversation. Josh has been on the podcast before. How are you doing, Josh? Doing great. Thanks for having me. And Josh is the president of American Reformer. How's everything going over there at American Reformer? Oh man, uh, it's been it's been such a good year. Uh, God's really blessed us with um, you know with growth, with great authors. Um, we we've put together an excellent team. Um, you know it it uh, it's just confirmation. I think that we're you know we're kind of fulfilling the calling that God has for this journal. Um, you know we were we were founded in 2021, and as you and probably a lot of your your audience recalls 2020 was a year where the um the failures of of evangelical leadership were made very uh made known in a very public way um and uh you know whether it whether it was on covid or on um you know uh, the blm riots that uh, spread across our nation or the 2020 election on issue after issue um, a lot of Christians in the pews, and I'd say a lot of really thoughtful Christians, had this this feeling that, you know, they'd been betrayed by their leaders. And, you know, American Reformer, what we're all about is this idea that um, to serve the church and to really, hopefully, to save the country, we need um, we need better evangelical leaders. And so that's that's really what we're about with both our journal, uh, with with our written content, and then also our uh, reform work, which is where we try to engage with different Christian institutions and leaders of those institutions to try to um, try to try to influence them, help them to wield their their leadership in a in a more responsible way. Um, so it's been a it's been a really big year. Um, you know, we've been uh, I think one of the centers of all of the you know really good debates happening about Christian nationalism. Um, we've run, I think, some of the best uh, positive cases for it, and then also negative cases. I mean, we're open to to disagreement on that, but we've tried to be a platform where that discussion can happen. Um, you know, seen really good growth, um, talking on, you know, just a, a wide variety of issues that, you know, you're not going to see in a lot of more um, mainstream evangelical outlets. Um, and I think a lot of that, a lot of that effect is is challenging church leaders and and other evangelical leaders to. Um, to lead with a stronger sense of self-determination, not taking their agenda from the world, um, but uh, charting a course uh, that aligns with scripture and, you know, our Christian tradition for, you know, what the future should look like for these institutions. So, 
yeah, really, really pleased by all of that. Um, and uh, we, we had uh, this over the summer, uh, Tymon Klein came in as the editor in chief of American Reformer. So he's now, he's now uh, captaining that ship. Uh, ben Dunson, our founding editor, uh, remains highly involved and engaged um, in, in the work as well. Um, you know, our publication pace has increased significantly. So we're getting at least one article a day out. And that may not sound like a lot, but our articles tend to be pretty long, um, you know, two to 3,000 words, deep dives on particular issues. And producing those takes a fair amount of work. As you know, we, uh, we got to run uh, your debut. Um, I think it was in August. We ran uh, your yeah. first article for, for American Reformer. Yeah, yeah, I was grateful for that. And one of the things about American Reformer that stands out to me is, um, you know, you're broad in a sense. You're broad, though, like in an orthodox sense, not uh, you're not going to run pieces by people who are just so outside of the faith that they're, they want to critique it from the outside. You, you understand where the lines are, like um, the, the Apostles' Creed, uh, the um, basic doctrines like the Trinity and the deity of Christ yeah. and salvation by grace through faith. And so, so there, there is this like understanding of orthodoxy there. Um, but at the same time, uh, you're willing to run pieces that do disagree with each other. And I think what you mentioned, Christian nationalism, some of the best debates about that and, and things that I think move the conversation forward happened on American Reformer. Without you guys, I, I just don't even know. It, it would be far worse, the dialogue about this, than with you because you're, you're clarifying things uh, and, and you're running very intelligent people whose goal seems to be to increase the wisdom and knowledge of Christians, not just to make a name for themselves or raise money or any of that. Like it, it's not just a branding for an institution. It's we, we want to contribute here. And so um, that's what I've appreciated about what you guys are doing. Uh, what about for the next year ahead? Like, what do you have planned? Cause, cause that's the blog that's the, or, or I don't even know blogs, maybe not the best word, but that's the, that's the journal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. side of it. But um, like, what kinds of things are you doing to actually raise up these leaders and influence institutions, that kind of thing? Yeah, so so a couple things. What we've done in the in the past on that front, um, you know, I very publicly got involved with a grassroots group at Grove City College, um, and I've I've uh, you know we've discussed that before. Um, they were they were a group of parents who were concerned about a CRT woke incursion at Grove City College. Um, I was very sort of publicly involved in, in helping to make the case for their position and, uh, you know, uh, advising them on how to go about their interactions with the administration and the board at that institution. And ultimately, what they were able to achieve was uh, pressuring the board into conducting a very thorough investigation, shutting down a diversity council at Grove City, taking a number of other good steps. Uh, some people were uh, there were some personnel changes that were made, all very good stuff. Um, the other thing that we've done in the past is, is uh, you know, people involved with American Reformer have uh, weighed in on matters in the SBC, and we've done this a number of different ways. Um, but so, so if you look at these two fronts, these are two really important sets of Christian institutions. One is Christian higher education, and then the other one is a Southern Baptist Convention, which is the largest Protestant denomination in the country, has $500 million a year budget massive institution um, that is, you know, I think we all have to admit it's like currently compromised. It's to some extent ineffective. Um, all of those resources are being squandered and, and you know, we, we would like to push, um, you know, on both of those fronts. Um, 
the coming year we have some very very big stuff i can't spill too much of the of the details here and now but we'll have public announcements coming out in the next couple of weeks announcing more structured efforts to both work with christian colleges on the one hand and then on the other hand to work with baptists and particularly the southern baptist convention um, so really grateful for um, you know the the support that we've received to to get those efforts to the point where they're about ready to launch and um, you know and then have a lot of have a lot of plans if if the Lord is willing um, you know and, and makes it possible we um, you know we we have a lot of stuff where we'd like to see you know raise up you know help equip um, help equip you know faithful leaders that are there right now but they need more they need more tools. To work with and then also help raise up new leaders now you know hypothetically josh uh if someone very uh wealthy by the grace of god is listening to the podcast i mean i know elon musk regularly listens to the conversations that matter <laughs> podcast and if he's hearing this and yes. he says you know i'm going to convert to the southern baptist uh to, to christianity and to, yeah that was yeah, yeah. i didn't got that in in the wrong order and then join the southern baptist convention um well, you know I, I have a million dollars sitting here that I just want to give to them. I mean, what kinds of things could you guys do with that? I mean, I'm sure that you have your like uh, agenda of like, here are the top five, like things we would love to do if we had the money. Um, you know, is it start yeah. a seminary? Is it like, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Saying. Yeah. It's hypothetical. No, totally. Um, so, so we would, we would like to do a conference next year and that's, that's a big, uh, you know, a large conference with big keynote speakers. Um, so that's that's one that's very uh, sort of high on our wish list. Um, you know, the other one is, um, you know, with the uh, engaging different Christian denominations, um, especially something like the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, you know, the the uh, the Southern Baptist Convention is kind of like politics in the sense that it's a turnout game, and uh, you know, and if you can um, if you can get funding to help create issue awareness and recruit people to come as messengers to the Southern Baptist convention. Um, you know, you can, you can have a good chance at changing the outcome of that, of that meeting, because, you know, again, like it's, it's uh, most churches could send people and they don't even send any messengers to the convention. And so, you know, we, um, you know, we are, um, we have lots of ideas about how money could be spent well to generate conservative turnout to this to the Southern Baptist Convention, get people to show up to vote, um, you know, for example, to vote in support of Mike Law's amendment to the SBC Constitution that will clarify whether uh, churches with women pastors can be in the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, there's a number of other issues like that. Another one is um, financial accountability in the convention, you know, the the. Um, you know, I know you've covered this and, and others have as well, but the North American Mission Board is this, you know, massive Southern Baptist entity that has a lot of funds under its management with very little control or financial accountability on it. And, you know, we would, um, you know, there's there's efforts underway. There have been for years to get uh, these Southern Baptist entities that have a ton of money under management to do some very basic transparency steps. Um, and so we're, we're, we're really looking at how we can support those efforts uh, with, with issue awareness. And again, just getting word out and trying to recruit people uh, to come to conventions to actually vote in support of those initiatives. So, you know, th there's, uh, 
you know, there's a lot more we could get into, but I think those are the two big ones that are, that are really top of mind right now, you know, a conference, Southern Baptist engagement, um, you know, and then, and then of course I, w- I would like to, our journal's been growing very steadily and, uh, you know, we would, of course, we would like to be putting out five articles a day and, you know, um, and, and some of that just requires growing our editorial staff. Um, we're very lean. Um, you know, if you look at, if you go to some website like the Gospel Coalition or First Things or something, you know, you'll see these really massive staff pages. On our on our staff page, we're just we're we're a very tight ship. I mean, we have you know one full time employee running that journal, and so we would like to we would like to grow that as well. And and what that does is it, it allows us to uh, publish more frequently and you know grow our grow our audience, grow uh, the extent to which we can move the conversation within evangelicalism. Yeah. Well, um, I appreciate what you've done and you you have been a platform for, uh, good ideas that we're not getting a hearing. And I think if you're a Southern Baptist in particular, if you want a a viable path forward for the convention, I, I know I've said it for years that there needs to be a ground game that's financed in some way to actually, uh, match, uh, what's happening on the other side, on the left, uh, you know, they have their uh, people that are basically paid to come, many of them, and that needs to be matched on the right. So if you're interested in that, American Reformer is a place you can go and uh, try to influence things uh, in a, a more, I would say, orthodox direction. So, um, Josh, with that, thank you so much for your time and for what you do, and God bless. Last but not least, I want to highlight Equipping the Persecuted. Equipping the Persecuted is an organization that helps Nigerian Christians uh, essentially um, protect themselves, uh, provides food and all kinds of things to uh, help supply them security stuff um, because they are under constant attack from Boko Haram, a Muslim terrorist organization. And it's, it's a shame to me that Israel gets so much press when things have been happening on a much larger scale for much longer in places like Nigeria, but they're Christians. And so um, so, so Judd, uh, Saul has been doing work there for the last few years. Uh, I, I don't even know how long he's been flying there, but we had the privilege of talking last week. Here's our conversation. Hi, Judd. How are you? Hey, John, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me on again. My pleasure. Uh, I mean, it is giving Tuesday and I want to highlight organizations that are doing good work, not spending money on social justice stuff. And I know you well enough to know you're not doing anything close to that. Um, you are of course, though, helping Christians that are, well, let's just say they're not getting the same coverage that Israelis are getting right now, even though they're enduring the same kinds of things, if not worse in some ways. Yeah, John, it's it's really sad. Uh, what's happening what's happened in Israel is being done in Nigeria, but it's been done there for the last 10 years on a much greater scale. We're talking about 10,000 Christians murdered every year and that number keeps increasing under this from the same ideology and the same brutality but no one talks about it no one talks about what is happening and just like in the video with case like you know little manny she was shot the bullet went through her into her mother killing her mother every one of her family members were killed in that attack and manny was able to survive and we don't highlight Manny and the help we're giving her to shed, to, to say, Oh, look at, look at what we're doing. Look at the great job we're doing. We're, we're telling you the story to raise awareness as to what's going on in Nigeria and helping Manny 
and many like her is what we do as an organization. We actually help persecuted Christians on the ground in Nigeria. We don't just talk about it. We put our money and resources into actually helping persecuted Christians there. And I, I just want people to know this, the same brutality and the same things you saw in the pictures from what happened to the innocent Israelis is exactly what's happening to Christians, but on a much larger scale and the world completely ignores it. I don't know why, but it, word needs to get out about what's going on. Well, of course, in many situations, you have a government, the U.S. government, or you have uh, some kind of global organization from the West that will come in and, and give relief and aid and things like that. And in this situation, how much of that have you seen? Have you seen any um, humanitarian support or even other Christian organizations coming in and helping with this issue? Very, very little. Very, very little. The U.N., We'll talk about numbers and talk about displaced persons, but the problem is, is that uh, we estimate 50 to 60% of the internal refugee camps that exist, the UN says doesn't exist, the Nigerian government says it doesn't exist, and we estimate that there's between two and a half to three million Christians without homes living in these awful impoverished camps with no foreign aid, no US aid, and they're, I mean, they are literally just suffering and trying to get anything they can get to survive. And there's there's very little being done about it. And as far as Christians, Christian organizations go, John, um, I don't see a lot of other Christian organizations on the ground, including some big name organizations that raise money off the backs of persecuted Christians. I don't see them there. I'm just being very honest. Yeah, no, that's sad. And, and this is an opportunity then for Christians in the United States who do care about that, who do have the resources to help and want to and have been, or at least they think they have been, maybe they've been giving to organizations, I'll say names, Compassion International, or perhaps they've been giving to, uh, you know, Voice of the Martyrs, something like that. And um, and, and maybe they, they're not happy with some of the direction they've seen, which I know you've highlighted in the past. Uh, and they, they're looking for an organization like yours that's doing very tangible things. Tell us a, a little bit about uh, some of the tangible things that um, you guys have accomplished over the last year. I know, I know you told me about an orphanage last time we talked, but w what else? So we we've done we we've we've, in the, we've been around three years, and here's what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, we've built an orphanage. We now serve 28 children at that orphanage, and these are for kids whose parents have been killed by terrorism. We support monthly over 200 widows, many of whom husbands were pastors that have been killed. And th these these ladies have been left out to dry, and they they've had they have hardly anything. So we come in, we give them monthly support, we give them training, we try to get them into vocations, uh, whatever we can do to help those ladies. And we're looking to double that number next year. Uh, we have a school that serves over 300 IDP children. IDP is you know like an internal refugee camp. And uh, we started off with a school of about 90. It grew to 170. And now we have 300 students that we are completely paying for. All of their education is covered. All the books, everything they have is covered by equipping the persecuted. And then on top of that, we run interventions, meaning after an attack occurs, we are there within 48 hours to bring food, aid, medicine, uh, rescue wounded victims, like in the case of Manny uh, and many others that, you know, whether it's machete wounds, bullet wounds, survivors, we come in and if we have the availability, we get them the medical care they need to survive. 
And just in the last three years, John, we have been able to touch over 400,000 lives of persecuted Christians in Nigeria. Wow. And um, I would like to quadruple that next year is, is what we'd like to be able to do because the needs are endless. But if we have the resources, we can make a difference. And the other thing that makes us controversial, John, is, of course, we train and work with village security teams. We provide radios, bulletproof vests. We train them on how to gather intelligence. And that has saved many, many lives. And then one more thing, I'll throw this out there, is we created the Truth Nigeria Project, truthnigeria.com, where we're working with Nigerian journalists and U.S. journalists to tell the truth about what's going on in Nigeria, document the attacks properly, and get the, get the right numbers because... By the time the news uh, filters through the Nigerian news service, you know, if 100 were killed, they say 50 were killed. If 50 were killed, they say 15 were killed. And then they water down what's happened. Why, out there. why so is that? Why did they do that? One, it's politically incorrect to talk about Muslims killing Christians. And then two, the Nigerian government tries to make themselves look better than they are by... Um, whitewashing the numbers is what's and happening it, a genocide yes it is a total genocide that is going on yeah. and so between all these efforts and with truth nigeria the interesting thing is um we've been able to get intelligence of when terror attacks are going to occur wow. we notify the villagers we notify the government we notify the police and in most of those instances, the government has turned and looked the other way, but in some instances, the villagers were able to galvanize other villages to thwart off these attacks. Because of our intelligence network we have built and what we're able to do through Truth Nigeria. No one's now, ever done this before. Are you, well, that's the scary part in a way. Like, are you nervous about going over there being someone who now is saving the lives of Christians who these uh, terrorists want destroyed? Are, do, they, do you have a target on your back? Yeah. Yeah, we do. So, but it's 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 a it's a risk we live with, and this is what we're called to do. So um, I guess let me ask you this, uh, sort of in closing. With I mean, it, there's so much to talk about, I suppose, in regards to this. I know we've we've explored many aspects of it, but um, when people give, I know they want to make sure, especially in a situation like this where you're the only game in town that the money's really going to those um, villagers. So is, is there, I don't know if you have a, you know, I know you've only been around three years. I don't know if you, if you have auditors who come in. I know some organizations have that, but like what's the percentage as far as like of a dollar that someone gives, how much of that is actually going toward the, um, uh, the people that need it? We are working as close as we can to the 90, 10 model. Right. Okay. And uh, so 10% goes for overhead, other things, 90% goes to Nigerians. Um, the thing is, though, and I'm just going to be honest, is we are a small game in, uh, compared to the organizations that have millions and millions of dollars behind them. So we are working hard also to raise awareness about the issue. And that's costing resources to let people know we exist, but also let people know what the problem is. And so it, it's, kind of a, it, it's kind of a dual fight, but we do our best to do a 90-10 model where 90% goes right to the persecuted Christians and 10% goes to overhead. And um, we have a staff of 40 on the ground in Nigeria. This is how we're so wow. effective. 
I didn't realize that. 40, yeah, we have 40 staffers on the ground in Nigeria and three satellite offices, one in each of the hard hit states where the persecution is happening, which allows us to respond faster and be able to be more effective with our ministry. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's great. Um, well, I, I, it's only been three years. I remember when you were starting this and you uh, I think I had called you one day and you were at a gas station selling baked goods with your uh <laughs> with your children to raise yeah. money for this, which um, I don't know of a lot of ministries that especially big ministries I'm thinking of that have that origin story where the uh, founder is at a gas station selling baked goods to try to help these people. So you, I know you're in it for the right reasons. And yeah. if people want to help, where can they go and what can they do? Go to equippingthepersecuted.org, all one word, and make sure you go to equipping thepersecuted.org and uh, donate, uh, pray for us, pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters, pray for the safety of our team, but we need all the help we can get. And uh, John, it is, I, I just can't thank you enough for having me back on your show uh, to talk about this mission. Um, I, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all of your supporters and all the people watching John Harris guys, John's the real deal. I'm going to vouch for him too. John is the real deal. Keep listening. Keep watching. Yeah. Thank you, Judd. Judd, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. God bless. All right. Well, those are the four organizations that I wanted to highlight. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I do hope everyone, I should have said this at the beginning, had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I did, except for the fact that I did I did burn my face a little bit uh, and my arms, and I burned a hole in my pants, and I burned uh, my leg because um, I learned a good lesson when you're smoking meat. Uh, make sure that the propane is off for a few minutes before you try to relight it because, uh, yeah, not good. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So you can, you can might even tell, even though my face is kind of washed out, my nose is red and, um, it singed my hair. But, um, anyway, other than that, I had a pretty good Thanksgiving. I did want to say one thing at the outset, uh, or at the end of this conversation, uh, this podcast, I wanted to just say that I am taking a trip this week. I may not be able to get to another podcast till the end of the week. And it's a very important trip. It's one of the most important, if not I mean, it's up there. It might be the most important thing I've done uh, as far as the evangelical world is concerned. And I, I can't really give any details yet. If you're a patron, you'll know more sooner. But um, I just would appreciate your prayers that everything I do this week, I am working on a project, would be glorifying to God, that um, I would have safe travel mercies. And, um, and, and I'll announce more in the coming weeks. But uh, I just appreciate all your support and prayers. And as we go into the Advent season, uh, I pray that uh, your thoughts would be on Christ and prepared to celebrate his first coming. God bless. Mm -hmm.